Cody penis. tonight. All right, let's see. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Evil dies tonight. That was a a quote from 2023's uh, Halloween Ends by David Gordon Green, starring Jamie mm-hmm. Lee. You know, the movie that just came out last week that we're going to talk about today because it was literally the same movie. Uh, yay. Yeah. Hi, everybody. What's up? Woo. It's John. It's Who Turner, of course. Oh, I thought I heard I'm someone Nick. else. Who's that? Oh, 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 oh. who's that? Uh, guest Nick Russo. Hello. Hi. How are you? Hello. Who are you? Welcome to Film Class Heroes. Hello. Great to be here. I am a avid movie lover. Love David Gordon Green <laughs> and his Halloween trilogy. Sorry. Mm. I'm a and fan of the trilogy. You're a fan? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same. Especially it kills. kills. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> are you there? Yes, I am here. Okay, I just want to make sure we can still hear you. Um, so who are you? What do you what do you do? I'm a cook at the at Island 16, a movie theater. Have been for 10 years. I work mm-hmm. with John, Hi. the host of this show. And yeah. And you have I love a, movie. A, a, a podcast, don't you? I have a podcast coming up that's not titled yet. Uh, okay. I pushed it back to sometime in November, which the date I'll get to. Um. And um, yeah, it's going to be about film, TV shows, games, comics, all sorts of media stuff. And on this podcast, is it is it just you? Do you have anybody else? Or? Uh, it'll be just me for a couple episodes, then I'll start to have guests as we go along. I'm hoping to get guests by December or January. Alrighty, very cool. Sweet. So, um, yeah, like, you know, what... what um. Well, you already mentioned you're going to talk about games and everything. Like, I had a question and now it just went away. So I'm just, my brain's just speaking. Um, damn it. I hate when that happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Um, all of this kind of stuff gets edited out. So don't worry if you have these moments as well. Cody's going to take care of okay. that. Um, yeah, okay, Cody's very good. Yeah, <laughs> it, might sound, it might sound a little rough as we're going through, but it sounds a lot neater once it's finished. Um, okay. God damn it. I genuinely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, okay. Well, um, can you give us like a gauge and our audience a gauge? Like if you could list off maybe like four of your favorite movies, just so we can get a, um, example of where your taste lies and et cetera. Okay. Number one movie of all time is Batman 1989 by Tim Burton. That was the first movie I ever, ever watched as a kid on VHS to where I destroyed two tapes from rewinding it and, Fast forwarding it. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm that. Uh, my second favorite film of all time is Back to the Future, the first one. Okay. Cool. Iconic as can be. Third is John Carpenter's Halloween. Very nice. My fourth is The Terminator, the first one. Yes, I know everyone likes Terminator too, but I like the horror aspect of the first Terminator. That, that's just me, though. All right. Well, thank yeah. you and for sharing with us. Oh, I don't. Sorry. I don't know where to keep going with that. Um, no, no, no. 
yeah, no, now we get a little gauge of your taste. You seem to be very uh, 80s oriented. <laughs> 80s, um, 90s, 70s, sometimes 60s, yes. Nice. And a little early 2000s. And I do know you personally, so I do know that you are a big horror fan as well. And you were very much looking forward to the new Exorcist movie, which we all did happen to see when it came out about two weeks ago at this point. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. about it. So, um, yeah, David Gordon Green, fresh off his Halloween trilogy, has now moved on to The Exorcist and is making a new trilogy based off of that property. What do you guys think about it? I think. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. You go first. No, 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 no. You. I want. I want you to go first. Uh, yes, I liked how it looked visually. I think David Gordon Green has a good eye for visuals and lighting and cinematography. I saw it on line first, and then I saw it in theaters. And the more I think about it, the more the writing is pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, you saying a David Gordon, Gordon Green movie has bad writing? What's wrong with yeah, that? Yeah, I know. Okay? Right? Shocking, right? <laughs> I think he's good at... I don't think the direction or his direction is a problem with the new Exorcist. I just think that the script is just not all there. I don't I don't know what happened. Well, I mean, I can tell you what happened. Uh, studio mm. saw a property went mm, money making bank off of an existing property that everybody likes. Let's do it and ruin it and put no creative artistry into it whatsoever. <laughs> and this is what we got. The, guy that made the highest grossing Halloween movie to do it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't. I didn't tell you, um, Russo. We'll probably edit mm-hmm. this out, but I did want to let you know. Um, the girl that plays Jamie Lee's granddaughter in the new Halloween trilogy. I met her this morning, which was very, very cool. What's her name? Uh, Andy. Andy something starts with an M. Andy. Andy. Yeah. And, you know, and, yeah. Something. Yeah, I know. But she was very Whoa. cool. Yes. Where'd I you meet her? For a few minutes at work. Wait, she was at Iron Sixteen. No, no, at my other job. She was on a Zoom call oh. this morning. Oh, right. Yeah, because I, I got to meet Robert Englund this morning, which was awesome. And um, But that was, it was literally two seconds. And same with her. I actually talked to her a little bit more than Robert Englund. But um, she was very cool, and I thought you would think that was interesting. But I we'll think that's that awesome. Yes, it was cool. But, um, and how was Robert Englund? Oh, he was great. He was there on the phone. He didn't even come in in person, yeah. so it was just on the phone. Um, for, well, it ended up being Zoom, which was disappointing, uh, but it was very cool. Um, but he was there for maybe like a six-minute interview and was very much like, okay, got to go, bye. <laughs> oh, wow, was, really? Yeah, it was like a very quick, like, uh, you can tell that even during it, he was just like, yeah, I'm here and I'm telling you, but like, I got to go. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> but he was cool. Yes. He's the man. Yes. Freddy for you. Freddy what? That's Freddy for you. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Well, on the topic of Exorcist. Um, not mm-hmm. surprising. I did not enjoy it. Uh, I do not like David Gordon Green. I've had this discussion with you a few times, and I know you're you're a fanboy of him, but I really right. can't get behind his style, and I think it is very annoying that he keeps taking these iconic figures in horror and trying to do his own thing with it very unsuccessfully and very studio driven. 
I just don't think it works, and I don't think there's any passion behind it, and it makes me kind of sad. I felt more passion from him with with Halloween than I did with this movie. The first Halloween, I can give you that. I totally, I totally agree. And uh, Halloween Kills, just, Halloween Kills, I felt like that was just David Gordon Green going absolutely apeshit, which I, I love. So. I feel like in that movie, he just wrote himself into a corner and didn't know what to do. He, like he, he did. <laughs> That's why Halloween ends is so divisive and why it's a mess, but I still in I still enjoyed it. The, I like I like oh. how different it was. Yeah, well, uh, you you can give that movie credit for being different, but something like this there's yeah. no originality to it whatsoever. It's not just a, the most like copy and not paste horror formulatic like BS. I don't know. I just I I wasn't you know, I wasn't like the biggest fan of it. I know. Sorry to interrupt. But I have no, no, to, no. Go ahead. I have to say this. This this Exorcist movie really made me want to watch Talk to Me again. Honestly, yeah, that is. The you know, it, it just felt like such a like. I I was really craving the like creativity of that movie. It made me want to rewatch like the original, movie. which I did. And it I is also... a very good movie. <laughs> I, I don't remember it being that good. And something that I think is so interesting about the original in comparison, especially just freshly rewatching it, is how character focused it is. And here it's just, there's no one to get attached to. You really get attached to that priest character in the original, and it genuinely oh, yeah. works. And to me, the most interesting factor about that movie is not the exorcism it's the story of the priest and the character you have no one to attach yourself to here they try and bring back regan's mom as like a oh this is going to get people in the seats type moment and like I, they kill I, her in like I, two seconds like no. they don't kill her but they the spoilers for exorcist believer but they just blind her in like two seconds yeah. and it was really funny yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was very silly it was very cartoony the the demon voice was not scary, but the little girls' performances I thought were great. I thought they did a fantastic job. I think but their I, facial expressions were fine, but I kind of <laughs> think they also just casted like the weirdest looking kids they could find. <laughs> it, it, I did. I was. Um, it is such. A, I I watched the fir- the original Exorcist for the first time before oh, yeah? I watched. Yeah, for to to go see this. Did you like? Because I was not gonna go see. Oh, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And like like what you said about the priests and stuff. I that movie also just. I feel like it's juggling a lot more, despite yeah. it being like more simple. Like honestly, way more simple than this movie in terms of like locations and stuff. Like, but it's not. A lot it's it's much house. more in depth story-wise which is what this was missing i did not care about anything in this it was so boring because i had nothing to attach to (laughs) was it exploring any themes at all if that like like the the original movie is like religion Uh and commitment and And sacrifice yeah Yeah, like i mean there's like it's like it's crazy what it's like dealing with and you can also like it's it's also just me being stupid but you can take the exorcist you know the name of exorcist not only as like the physical act of exercising a demon out of somebody but the priest Mm -hmm. is also exercising his own demons the whole movie you know like it works there's yeah so many interesting well-written plot points and decisions and here there is none of it it's just the most studio-driven 
bland movie I've seen in a while. I was just bored out of my mind. <laughs> well, I love David Gordon Green, but he's not the director that William Feekin was at no. all. Rest I also peace, David yes. like his I also think that this movie is like technically like pretty like really well made, I think. Like it looks I agree. good, I think. I you know the acting you know is I agree. like the editing. No, the acting. I, I didn't pay. I didn't. The editing didn't strike me as as like weird. Well, you guys said it looks good Wonder. and like it looked. It was produced fine, but I had a real issue with the editing in this movie. <laughs> okay, I thought see you're, really you annoying. got a good eye for that on like the first watch. I never pick up on stuff like that. Well, it's or not it's even rare, like a good eye. It's just it's so like in your face annoying. <laughs> like yeah. I don't feel like you can miss it. I it was really bothering me. <laughs> I also but feel like. He, uh, the demon flashing in uh, the scene where she gouges out Reagan's mom's eyes is sort of ridiculous. <laughs> it was kind black of black and white. Copy, yeah, copy and yeah. paste of the original Pazuzu face. Like that was kind of like, what? What are we doing? And it mm-hmm. looks so much worse. And the whole another great, great attraction to the original is the practical effects. It is a stunning exactly. movie to look at, and it is forty years exactly. later, and it looks amazing. Here. 50. 50 yeah even crazier and here yeah. they rely on cg and even when yep. they do have practical it doesn't look good it looks like spirit halloween makeup they just threw a bunch of goo on them and then cg'd a cross burning into their head and went okay we're good with this this is fine and i also do think it is very funny how easily you scare people by turning across upside down for some reason that really creeps out people i mean you have the nun 2 from this year you have this movie from this year where there's nothing scary about it, but the moment a cross gets flipped upside down, everyone loses their minds. I just think that's kind of crazy. <laughs> kind of like, silly. In the I original, it, it would have maybe like, because they build up the religious aspect of it so much, and the like, you know, the Catholic, like the Catholic Church yeah. is like a character in the original, uh-huh. almost. Everything and, is a character in the original. It works so well. <laughs> yeah, and, the, and there's like, and the, there's no... Um, I literally forgot the last word of my sentence. Oh, gosh, and no, so, no. you know, so why, why would, why would a cross turning over unless you, you already had the like correct cultural background mm-hmm. to like recognize what that means. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and people forget that the first exorcist movie was made at the right time. 1973. There was mm-hmm. no other movie coming out named exorcist there was i don't even think the term exorcist was a thing yeah it yeah the, the it original changed. exorcist like it changed a lot it, it, did. it, it popularized exorcist i mean and think about the exorcist 2 exorcist 3 exorcist the beginning dominion prequel to the exorcist the last mm-hmm. exorcism how I many forgot there's like six of them <laughs> there's like yeah there's so many there's countless ripoffs there's countless exorcist movies quote-unquote and to do another one that's in the vein of the exorcist it's it's kind of like doing another marvel movie you know we're so swamped with exorcism movies and we're so swamped with superhero movies that why do another one green is uh collecting bad horror oh, he's collecting remakes that like infinity money. stones oh yeah, yeah. He is. <laughs> oh yeah that blumhouse money's been good to him i'm trying to look up how much this movie made in the box office? Because for some reason it's it oh passed, here we go, one hundred okay. million. So it at, was technically not a flop, 
but there no. were not people seeing it when I went to go see this no. opening night. No. There were maybe two other people in the audience and it was in the biggest theater at Island. <laughs> yeah. It was <laughs> at uh, the X plus theater. Yeah. yeah. And I went to go see it. There was like three people in my audience, including me and my mm-hmm. sister. I just, you can feel the aroma too of everybody being bored. <laughs> you can, you can won't deny that. Mm-hmm. And even just looking up the box office, I realized that the original Exorcist was made on $11 million budget. This was made on a $30 million budget. Compare the two. pretty freaking (laughs) sad. One stands the test of time. And not that every movie has to do that. But it just shows the amount of care and professionalism that was put into it. You know, when you give people creative freedom and when you give them the time to do something that they genuinely care about and a story that they want told... It's gonna they work. Can make the, they can make the original Exorcist. They can make the Evil Dead trilogy. They can make mm-hmm. Dawn of the Dead. You know, it's not Zack Snyder. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Even though I like Zack Snyder, I like I like Zack Snyder. I do, mm-hmm. but I don't. I his his whole like fanboys are just out of control. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I'm gonna. I, I'm just gonna add something yeah. in. Um, Cody, mm-hmm. since you're listening to this back in editing, this is just me editing this in an editing. I do want to say something about how you're not here because we kind of skipped over that. Um, so I'm just going to say something. Um, so it is just me and Turner this week with our guest. Uh, Cody is performing with his band. So go follow them at the Cavaliers on Instagram and go to their shows. Cody couldn't make it, but it is okay. He still has a recommendation at the end of this episode. So we'll get to that in a bit. Okay, thanks, Cody. Edit that later. Bye. Um, I just want to make sure we put that in there. I forgot to do that. <laughs> yeah, right. We'll need that. I don't want to be just like not mention the fact that he's not. <laughs> Cody's gone. Yeah. And we don't say nothing. I'm going to plug in my laptop. If you guys want to keep talking, um, go ahead. But I'm going to mute oh, yeah. myself for a second. But go ahead. Okay. But, yeah, I, I think that Exorcist Believer is better than... Beginning, Dominion, and Exorcist 2. Not, okay. It's not great, and it's not particularly good. I still prefer Exorcist 3. say one thing, that as much as I hate Halloween Ends, you yeah. can, he, at least he tried something, you know? Here, exactly. nothing was tried. It is just the most no. bland, generic it was, garbage. It was by the numbers. It was by the numbers possession movie. We've seen it over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I don't know what he has planned with the next two. Deceiver and then but the third one. Two I girls this they're... time, Russo. It's not like I know, any other possession movie you've ever seen. That's what, <laughs> I was so hyped for that, but they do the bare minimum. Choose me. Choose me. Like mm. they do he does nothing with that. Was there a power of Christ compels you in this in this one? Mm, uh, um, I think the, the I think, lady that plays Joan from Hereditary, yes. I think, might have said it. Okay, that was like I I I didn't think that part of the original was gonna be so impactful to me because you just hear that so much, like it's like a trope Christ almost now. Christ I think of that video yeah. with the uh, bass and hound barking at the the cross. It's though. one of the most <laughs> iconic movie lines ever. It is, yeah. and it, it was, and it was, it was great in the context. Oh yeah, even with all the cultural, uh, like uh, oversaturation. Yeah, 
Just rewatch the original. It's got some great your mom jokes. It's fun. And it's got amazing practical effects. Great, mm-hmm. uh, great score. But I'll give Believer that, too. It has a great score. I like the score to it. You think so? I didn't even notice it. <laughs> I like the score where the demon was making the parents choose between the girls. The score in that was, re- was really good, in my opinion. I genuinely don't remember it at all. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> there were some there were some moments that the score definitely added to the movie. Oh yeah. And that moment I feel I is like the it. strongest. Mm-hmm. Another, the body in the blood. The body in the blood. The body in the blood. The bo- body that could blood. Been, that could have been like I feel like that could have been great, but I feel like they tried to make that what an excellent day for an exorcism, like another iconic line like that. Yeah. And they just went into the most silliest territory they can. That's the whole movie. It just, it, yeah. they tried to do something similar and failed on everything. But I like the first act where the girls disappeared. I thought that was handled very well. That's what I think David Gordon Green is good at. He's good at building tension. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Actually, I've been, I've been wanting to say it's this. Just, it's just his payoffs are iffy. Yeah, I I think he's I think he he is really good at conjuring paranoia. Exactly, and I think that's why I like the Halloween trilogy mm-hmm. because okay, well, then you're gonna, that works. Are you going to really bring up well. the Halloween Kills example of the whole town chasing over a four foot ten fat guy that they think is Michael Myers? Look, I don't that? look. I'd have to rewatch the. But is the that trilogy, what you mean by like him but... being good at paranoia? Because like that makes no. zero sense. So like you no, can't write people even... to feel like that. I don't know. I I, I don't. I, I think well, he's a hack. I, I, I like the idea. Like I said, I love Halloween Kills. It's my favorite in the trilogy. But I'm not going to deny that there are some ideas that work better as an idea, and not and are executed not that well. That being one of them. But I like the idea of what he had in mind. I'll say, like, what what I mean what, when I'm talking about his paranoia, he's it's kind of almost like his attitude. He's got mm. this suburban, like, paranoia thing. Like, you know, mm-hmm. people in the suburbs are, like, really scaredy cats, you know? Yeah. And he has that kind of sensibility and... I feel like it comes and that I it came through here and I pick and it, this movie actually made me pick up on it. And I, I think that like that must be like the thing about the Halloween movies that I like so much because it fits, you know, I mean, it, Halloween is a suburban paranoia tale. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a it's a scary story for the suburbs. It's and like he, a ghost he, story. Again, criticize anything in his trilogy, but he knows how to set the mood for the Halloween season in those movies. I mean, he it looks and feels like Halloween. That's true. Yep. And I like his tone. I like his. I like the atmosphere that he presents. And with Exorcist Believer, really good first act. I mean, it was really good. The earthquake in in Haiti. The girls disappearing and coming god, back. I forgot all about that. Oh my god. I don't remember anything about this movie. Oh my god, John. <laughs> I forgot I, that even happened. Yeah, it's the second act that I think when they get into the actual possession that it sort of loses that strong first act. I'll give you yeah. one thing about the paranoia. I think that the performance of the father is fine. And he was the only yeah. character 
that I felt any connection to whatsoever and was interested in. But that again, I like the um, time, it loses me. I like the I liked Anne, the woman that wanted to become a nun but was pregnant. I liked the, her character, the Joan lady from Hereditary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I liked her. I thought she was a good. I thought she was decent. Ellen Burson, yeah. that she just she just came in for the paycheck, and that's literally completely <laughs> evident. You could say blinded by uh huh, blinded money. by that money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Go ahead. And then the whole Reagan coming back thing—it's like, what are you going to do with the Seaver now? It's—I uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't, do you I think they're going to continue this? Because I feel it was not successful enough to continue it, well, and I feel like no one is really interested. Have you heard anybody I, online even talking about this movie? Yeah, I've heard a lot of people, but really? not all these good things. Yeah, but not good things. I don't but know. I, I feel like I, I, he should stop. Violence. I don't know. I think that he's definitely not going to direct the trilogy, but he's made comments that if he finds himself in the director's chair, he'll be thrilled. Was but that right now his intention from the beginning? He want, I think he wanted to, but we all know because the movie is not doing as well and it's getting horrible, horrible that's, that's reviews. That's his fault. <laughs> yeah, they're going to... Blumhouse is probably telling him, you know, you got to step down from the director's chair. Like, like I, I do think it's bad. I don't like it, but mm-hmm. I don't think it's as bad as it's being reviewed as. I mean, no. you look at you look no. at Letterbox. It has a two point oh out of five. Like that's really I think that's low. Too harsh. I th- yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's more of just a typical by the numbers it's, generic movie that I'll never watch again. It's not good yeah, by any it, means, but I do think it's getting it's not uh, good. Really, but it's not a monstrosity. Yeah, it's he stay, he knows how to make a well-paced movie i mean i'm I'm gonna say something it was better than the flash i'll throw that out there (laughs) my keaton don't insult my keaton boys don't insult my keaton john (laughs) my keaton yes i know about mr keaton i know (laughs) it's keaton it's keaton just say that in your head it's keaton you know it yeah, you must be pray. You must be pretty upset that th- about the ending of that movie. Oh, my sister! Flash? My sister cried. I had tears in my eyes. Flash? No, no. Yeah. yeah well, because of the. Uh, what do you mean? I was saying because uh, it's George Clooney at the end. Oh, I had tears ah! of laughter. I didn't have any <laughs> yeah. actual tears. I was okay. hysterical laughing. And, and so, so. <laughs> they, I they was laughing Keaton. when George Clooney came back. That was freaking hilarious. My whole theater started erupting of laughter. So did my what? sister. It was, it was funny. Oh, I was man. I was I was so surprised. I was I, the I only one laughing assumed. in my theater, and I I felt bad, but I didn't care at a certain I, point. I lost it. I, I heard rumors. There were rumors that he was coming to do a cameo. I didn't believe him because I didn't think they were that insane to do that. But apparently, they were, and they did. No bad nips, though. No bat nips or bat credit card. Nope. He's just Batman with a beard and mustache, which I don't know how that works in the he, cow now. He, they better have bat nipples. <laughs> they have to. If he's a movie. It's part of if his he's history. Another movie. It is. It's part of his history. Right. And I, I mean, think 
Not for nothing, but George Clooney could have been a really great Batman if they didn't, you know, go bat nipples with it. <laughs> All right. I mean, I, mean, I don't have much dude, else to say about this movie. If you guys do, yeah. please go ahead. But I'm trying to get uh, into ratings if you want to. I'm ready for ratings. Yeah, I'm ready for ratings. All right. I'm going to go solid three out of ten. I'm going to do the same. I'm going to hit it with a three. I'm going to be ballsy. I'm going to hit it with a five. Mm, you little bias person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Absolutely. I'll agree. Yep. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, but yes. That's all right. Well, um, another little bit of the movie talk that we want to discuss is two weeks ago. On Netflix, Wes Anderson released four short films, and we want to discuss them because we all watch them. And uh, the first one being the wonderful story of Henry Sugar. What did you guys think about that one? The thing about Wes Anderson, I've only seen some handful of movies of his. I love Moonrise Kingdom. Uh, I love Asteroid City, but I'm not a gigantic gigantic fan of Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. I'll probably watch more movies of him now, but this one was a this one was a good story. I like his dialogue and I like his style. Very strange, very yes. out there. And I, yeah, Benedict I, um, I did like this one. I would say it's mm-hmm. it's top two out of the four for me. Um but it is kind of just the same Wes Anderson schlock. <laughs> Not that I don't like it. I do like him and I like his style. It's just like I'm waiting for the man to do something different. And I said this when we talked about Asteroid City. Like, it's fine. It's always good. It's always fine. But it was just, you know, typical Wes Anderson. I will say one thing. This has some of my favorite production design out of anything he's ever worked on. I think the sets in this are fantastic. I love it. Agreed. I love the um, two that stood out to me the most was um, when the guy's meditating outside that whole tent set in the in the woods, I thought was excellent. And immediately following when it would go through the woods changing and it was the cameras pushing into it and you can tell it was all like a physical set that they were all moving. Excellent. Love it. In regards to the story, you know, it's Roald Dahl and he's great. Um, So I'm not entirely sure how much of the story I can really compliment Wes Anderson for, but it was fine, and I think Benedict Cumberbatch was cool, and I liked seeing him in a dress. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, I... Uh, this movie kind of, like, it kind of tricked me, because I thought it was gonna... Um... Actually, nah, nah. I don't know where I was going with that. This movie kind of, the ending of this movie feels so very like Kurt Vonnegut to me. It's weird. Because, especially with all the like Ronald Dahl inserts, like with like him actually like being in the movie as like the author voice. I like that stuff. Yeah, that, like- that stuff was very cool. And just how he like, he just kind of dies and that's it. Yeah. Like that's like, like very, so it goes like type thing. 
Well, that's why I'm interested to get into the next one. But I'm here. I'm interested to hear more of what you guys have to say about it. But I don't have much to say about it. I thought it was fine. I honestly probably never watch it again. <laughs> but it was just typical Wes Anderson, and it was it was all right. I think these would make like great films. I think it would be great for a full featured two and a half hour movie. Really, I disagree with you guys on that. I was kind of really? waiting for it to end. <laughs> like, not that I wasn't enjoying it. I just felt like the story didn't really have anywhere to go. And I was most interested in, um, you know, like when he was blind and doing the cards and everything. Like, I liked that kind of stuff. And then Benedict Cumberbatch trying to do the cards as well. That was all really good. Everything mm-hmm. aside from that, it was, again, it was, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I just, I think 40 minutes was too long for the story that they were trying to tell. And I think more of the 20 minute angle that they went with the other three worked a lot better. And I would definitely be interested. Say that again. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. I I would think it would be more interesting and I would definitely watch if Wes Anderson kept making these shorts as a little series on Netflix. I think that's pretty cool. I just think 20 minutes is a, is a good, you know, set for, a little Roald Dahl story by Wes Anderson. And if you're even talking Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is my second favorite movie ever, I'm obsessed with that thing. Mm-hmm. Even though that's a feature length film, it's only 81 minutes long, you know? So it's it, it, Roald Dahl stories are short and Wes Anderson knows mm-hmm. that and he makes it work. Mm-hmm. I just feel it overstayed its welcome a little bit and I would not watch a feature length. Well, it depend on his style and how he would do it. Yeah, he'd have mm-hmm. to fill it with more. I've, he'd yeah, have to there'd, have to be more, there'd have to be more Probably. stuff narratively. And I do, I I agree with that the shorter ones benefit. I agree with know? that too. I, like, I, I, I've, he probably felt like he this one needed to be longer because it was like the first one and like the It has start. the most story. Yeah. It also has, yeah, it also has the most like yeah plot to and the most ben kingsley which i was fine with i think he's great in these ben kingsley's awesome and no matter what he love that guy and we'll uh we'll get to ralph fines in a bit but ben kingsley is very good a man yes and um yeah i thought it was fine yeah not my favorite but Mm -hmm. i definitely i really just it was such a it's always such a joy sit down for me and watch Anderson because I think he's still I think he's still pretty creative in this yeah, one. No, I agree. In terms of like the 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 uh like just um he he re he does recreate a shot. I don't think it's in this one actually. Never mind. There's a shot in another one that he recreated kind of from the uh from Asteroid City. Which has uh, again like my one. my some of my favorite Wes Anderson cinematography. So I agree yeah. with you. It is it's the stuff that he's able to accomplish with the camera and symmetry is excellent it's to the point mm-hmm. where even people blink in sync. It's very, very good. It's very, very cool <laughs> and creative. I just I, want a little I, more than that. And this had that just not as much as I wanted, <laughs> but it's fine. It's just a little one, short. That's perfectly fine. That's there's perfect. this one moment that I think encapsulates the movie and why I like it. And it's this, and it's when he goes on the balcony and he starts throwing the money, right? Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> and and it stays, and the shot stays on on uh, Henry Sugar. Yeah, and and he's um, and he the smile that he has is like 
is so special. Oh, but like it's so childlike and and like wondrous and just like as I know it, it felt like I had no inhibition. Like because it's a really goofy smile. Like (laughs) he looks really goofy when he's doing it. Yeah, and and it's just completely. You just hear the paper like rustling, pretty much, and. And it's the and and it, it it allowed like the emotion of the character because that's kind of like his eureka moment, right? Like, really, I really came through for me there mm-hmm. because of that. And that that's kind of the moment that made the movie start to tick by too. Like the rest of the movie went, I felt went by pretty quick mm-hmm. through that for me because I, I was like fully invested at that point. Yeah, I just, I don't know, that one was, I kind of agree with John on that one, that that one, the first one was kind of rocky. Mm-hmm. But it was fine. It was fine. All right. You want like, to the next one? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, I guess we should, are we going to give ratings? I don't have ratings for these. Okay. So if you guys do, go ahead. I don't really care for ratings anyway, usually. <laughs> like, yeah. it's okay. Give this one a a seven. It's a seven. Hey. All right. the uh, The second one that he released was called "The Swan," another Raw Doll story, and this was my favorite of the four. I really like this one, like a lot. This one was <laughs> Rupert Friend was outstanding. Yes. Mm. It was a very sad story. <laughs> very, I, sad. you know. I think that's why I like it <laughs> because yeah. it is the first time. I know, not the first time. I really like when Wes Anderson explores darker themes in his movies, especially something like Fantastic Mr. Fox, where it has the persona of a sweet kids film, but it's about divorce and acceptance and loving one another and these heavy themes that you would not find in something like that. And I do really appreciate again here, how in live action it is shot and told like a, I don't want to say a fairy tale, like a folk tale. That's what I was trying to say. Um, I really liked it. I don't know. I thought it was very cool and I love how dark it gets and how there is kind of this sense of like the whole time you're watching as a viewer be like, Oh, okay. Well the facade is kind of telling me, to have hope for this character. It was, it's all going to end up well, and it does not. And I love the ambiguity within the story. I, I don't know how much of it is more me really liking the story over how it's presented, because it does have a bit of issues. It is kind of presented rather forwardly, like mm-hmm. just kind of people talking straight into the camera. Um, but I, 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 I did enjoy it the most. <laughs> I love the presentation of these movies. Yes. Like that, that Again, the set design are it's like great. that. This one is like the most, like someone's just standing there telling you a story, which is my main issue with it. Yeah. But I like but, it. Well, but it, it leads to such an awesome moment, which is like what maybe I missed a line, but I, like, I didn't realize the guys telling the story like was supposed to be the, you know, was supposed to be the boy until like there was like a moment of reveal for me with the boy i can't remember exactly because this was the first one i watched but there's like there was for me there's this moment reveal with the young kid that was like really spectacular and 
like that connected them. I can't remember. Damn. I wish I could remember exactly, but I love the straightforward presentation of this one. Oh yeah, there was no filter. This one, it was basically they were gonna kill this kid with a train. Yeah, and and. I love those shots thing? of through the feet and back up through the yes. feet. Yes, were, the reverse yeah. shots were really awesome. It was a very, very, very powerful story. And I think it's one of probably my second favorite story of it. Mm. Um, and I thought Rupert Friend was, did just an incredible job. Mm. Also Definitely love the favorite. ending. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's, I love the morbid ambiguity of it. In yeah. the backyard and that <laughs> shot of him. It like, was I think pretty, it's, pretty haunting. Yeah, and it's like through these patio windows, I think, yeah. too, or like some kind of door. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, pretty dark stuff. Maybe I'm just, maybe that's just what I like. <laughs> I, I was digging it. <laughs> I think this one was also my favorite. It is the Which only is... one that I went back and rewatched for this. Ah, oh, okay. I can see that. I can see that. And again, the the set design. I love the walking through the the wheat, and then they have their little doors that they peek out of. Like, I love it. Things mm. very very cool. I love the shot of the swan on its nest in the middle of the lake. Awesome. Yes, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I love I even like when they when they shoot picture. it. And you see the image afterwards. It's a very striking image. Mm. It just it hits you in a pretty visceral way. And then even worse, they're just like, "Yeah, now we're gonna cut off the wings and put them on you." <laughs> it's like, yeah. damn. Yeah, he wasn't afraid to go pretty dark with that one. And I like that because I haven't really seen him do something like that before. And it, it again feeds into me being like, "Hey, Wes Anderson, like you're very talented." do something different with your talent like keep going but try something new and he did here and I really yeah. liked it I agree but again I'm not a Wes Anderson student I like I said I've only seen some of his movies so mm-hmm. but I do enjoy his style I like his style I think he's very creative and I think his cinematography and production designs are just absolutely stunning you're not going to find another movie that looks like a Wes Anderson movie unless they, unless they copy it. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, he has a style that yeah. if, if a, you're going to copy it, it people are going to notice. You're going to know it's it, that's a Wes Anderson shot. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, when people are ripping off Tarantino dialogue. Oh, that's that's good. Mm-hmm. The Tarantino dialogue Troy right Duffy, there. Troy Duffy. Hell right. yeah. Yes, absolutely. The boy. <laughs> yes. And there was a great documentary about Troy Duffy. Not to get off subject, but... No, that's fine. Um, there was a good documentary about his friends recording him throughout the process of filming the Boondock Saints and all the music career. Mm-hmm. Hold on, Let's let me see what... Yeah, let me know. What is... Oh, it's called Overnight. Okay, I will add it to my list. And you can actually watch it on YouTube for free. Oh, yeah. Very good documentary. And 
I don't know how much of it is biased and how much of they edit it out to make it look like he's like a real piece of crap, but it doesn't paint I him mean, in a good picture. Here, one second. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't paint a good picture of him at all. But it's a great documentary. Great, great, great watch. I'll just edit it to list. I think Turner went to go save his dog from whatever tragedy it's going through. <laughs> Puppy. While he's gone, I'm going to pee really quick, so I'll be right back. Two seconds. Yep. I'm back. Sorry. Oh, good. How's the doggy? He's good. How long was he barking? I heard him for about a minute or two. Okay, thank God. <laughs> what kind of dog is he? He's a little Yorkie. He's real old, too. He's uh, he turned 15 this year, I think. Oh, no kidding. Yep. Wow. So I have to... He won't go down the stairs anymore. Right. You can't see him. You can't uh... see the bottom, I think. <laughs> Aww. So I have to carry him down. If he he will still come up the stairs though. <laughs> I have to carry him back down. down yeah, he'll stand. Yeah, he'll stand out of the, at the top of the stairs and bark. <laughs> Aw, poor guy. Yeah. Poor little guy. I love him though. Even even if he's old and cranky. And... Yeah. Aww. Hello, John. Hi, I just put a light on in my room. I feel like a hermit in the dark. But no. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. You want to move on to the other one? Yep. Yeah. Okay. The third one is the rat catcher, I believe. Um, this one yeah. is my favorite one. Really? Yes. It's because. I... Go ahead. And solely for Ralph Fiennes' performance. He That's plays such a. He plays such a weirdo in this that he, I like weird characters. He is great in all of these, but this is my yeah. favorite part of him. Um, I agree. I like but the character my... he plays. His performance is yeah. great. And yes. that's about it that I was really digging about this one. <laughs> it, I even like that when he put the rat and the... What was the other animal? Oh, it was a uh, ferret. ferret. Yeah. A ferret in a shirt. Yeah. It was. It was. It, it wasn't real. It was. He just. He just put them in his shirt. You know, invisibly. You know, like there was nothing mm -hmm. in his hands. I like. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. It was. It's quirky. It's strange. It's weird. And I don't know. It just. It. It hit for me. I really like the stop motion as well. And yes. Aside from that, in Ralph Fiennes, there was nothing yes. really keeping me interested in this one. But I like mm. to hear what you guys have to say. Like I said, I just like that solely because Ralph Fiennes plays this strange ass character, <laughs> and every he has such great body movements. And mm -hmm. Ralph Fiennes, with his acts, not just with his skills, but he acts with his facial expressions and his body. Yes, mm -hmm. and that's something I really appreciate about him. I I did love like. Especially when it would draw, it drew attention. Like he even walks like her. 
(laughs) 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 And it was just a funny, short, quirky little thing. I, I really dug it. I think this one is maybe the most like visually inventive one. Mm. Maybe you look down like that. Um, there's that pipe that they look down. You get a couple cool shots. Yeah, and and just the sim like the simple way the like camera just kind of moves side to side slowly. It's almost like you ever watch one of those old uh. DVDs or even I think maybe VHSs did the like scan and pan. Mm-hmm. It's almost like scan and panny. Mm-hmm. And and I I want to. This is the one I think I want to rewatch the most because I, I feel like, the exact. I, I disagree. That, well, I feel like there was there was something I was like you know I felt like there was a something I was missing the first time I saw it. Agreed. For I like like that I missed a rewatch. A rewatch is definitely needed, and I think I'll we'll be able to spot some of the things going on. Be, because because it definitely like it, the the plainness of like the rat man. Yeah, you know, because he acts like it's all very like I mean, he's a little strange and says some weird stuff because of his job, but like it's very you know plain and just kind of like these this little conversation. Yeah, and so I re- like. It's literally I, and, and there, I feel like there's something I'm not like digging into the rat man enough. I feel like he has a secret that I'm not like picking up on. I agree with that. It was a very it's a very a very, very, very unique one in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And it again, is. I do like it a lot. Definitely, definitely unique, but the things mm. that I like most about the other two aren't mm. entirely present here. It was just mm. definitely not my least favorite of them. We're gonna get to that one in a bit. <laughs> Poison. Yes, that one's yeah. hilarious. That one's hilarious. I mean, do you want to hop into it? I, I'm. I don't have anything else. Yeah. To say. If you guys want to I'm, keep going, yeah. The rat catcher is rat catcher again. That's a hard. That's a hard one to pin down, mm-hmm. and like, because it doesn't have much of a plot or anything. No, it's a Not very much really happens. Some fun no. things, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I forgot. It's about cool. it. <laughs> and I don't like this one. Poison. I'm not a fan. It is... I thought this one was funny. Really? I do think this one. I think I found this one maybe the funniest. I don't know what it wanted me to feel the whole time. I I just I didn't know if it was trying like a weird like uncomfortable feeling or if it was trying to like make me not feel anything at all. I I don't even know. I just I didn't feel anything watching this. I didn't laugh. I don't know. I what you guys think was funny? <laughs> I thought Ben Benedict Cumberbatch was freaking hilarious in it. His facial expressions of just the yeah. fear of the snake on top of them. I thought that was great. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, go ahead. And I like, yeah. You go, Turner. Okay. I I love it. I love the like, the final punch, re- helped solidify me liking this one. About there not of being like, a snake. 
Yeah, there's no snake. Well, that's what I was yeah. just going to ask. What, After all of what, that. What, was that, were they trying to like say something? Like I, or was it just like, oh, ha ha, no snake. I think there is, I think I something think yeah. is revealed when, because Cumberbatch, I forget exactly what the line is, but it, I like, like it was really like off-putting and weird when he said it when there was like when it was revealed there was no snake oh yeah yeah he gets pissed off and Uh he he says something and it like it like came off as vaguely racist (laughs) like that the character was being vaguely racist (laughs) and i was like oh is that what this is about (laughs) yeah (laughs) like there's some undertones going on in that one we just don't get the significance of the snake and the story. Like if there, if there is any, which I, there probably is this one there just flew is. over my head. Mm. I just, I, I took nothing out of this one. It mm. was the most like, especially out of these four where I just, I watched it. I looked at it, it ended and I never thought about it again. And I didn't take anything out of it. <laughs> and that's fine. That's perfectly fine. Again, it, like it's, it's got great technical qualities and the performances are good. But I did yeah, not uh, take anything out of it. Dave Paddle, Dev Paddle, Dev mm-hmm. Patel, I fantastic in these shorts. Yeah, yes, especially this one. He's, he's very good. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And he's a great actor too. The the yes. Green King, damn this damn t- Green Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yes. You see his cummies in that movie. Oh no, <laughs> <laughs> are they his? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, I'm gonna have to rewatch all of them again. But I definitely will say the the rat catcher is my favorite. I wonder if there's a joke too with the book that he's reading, mm. the Golden Lotus. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's something to that. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. I just don't I'm sure that like looking. I I'm do sure want... it's going to be dissected by YouTubers. Oh yeah, yeah. There was just nothing oh, yeah. in there where I was like. Oh, I want to look up this. I want to know what it was meaning. Blah, blah, blah. I just, I just didn't feel anything. I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I, it was gone. Immediately. I think, I think you're mm-hmm. right though about the uncomfortableness, John. Mm-hmm. I was more uncomfortable like, than I thought it was... it was funny, and I wasn't even like, "Oh, this is uncomfortable," so I'm awkwardly laughing. I was just, I didn't. I was not digging it. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I do think it's like it's kind of like um. I, I, it's not cringe comedy like it's not like the office or anything mm-hmm. but i mean like cringe comedy is like comedy that like you know like the funny part is that it makes you cringe but yeah i know what you mean mm-hmm. uh and uh oh quick turner best office character we had this debate at work the other day oh God. the best, best the best it's dwight the best one I like Creed. Yeah, I was gonna say I know Russo's answer, but <laughs> Creed is awesome. You I know, I actually it. I bought um my girlfriend in high school um one of uh, of a record of the grassroots. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, as a gift because Creed's <laughs> like and it, it was one of the ones that Creed's on and he's like on the front cover and everything. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I, I cool. I got it for two dollars in Pittsburgh, so oh yeah. So I was like, "This is a good gift." Oh, um, 
But I think it, I think it, that's the kind of comedy it's going for because like awkward. Uh, the dev dev is like yeah he's like awkward and you know he's like he's like a fresh young he's green you know obviously yeah. he doesn't know how to interact with people socially awkward mm-hmm. and then and then the doctor too is like I love how serious he comes across. But he's just a complete cartoon himself. Yeah, <laughs> that whole segment was a cartoon. I, I don't I don't know. There was something there's something weird and creative about that one that I just I, I kind of I really dug. I didn't hate any one of these these short movies. I thought they were all it. I just pretty yeah. creative. didn't care. <laughs> That's fair enough because That's- I mean I these are like I mean I think he's being kind of bold with just how dry some of like especially that one is like and the rat catcher are like dry like a yeah it's very straightforward there's yeah it's just really... at least the rat catcher has like the Ralph Fiennes performance to keep me in there I didn't have mm-hmm. anything here mm. alright that's fair enough yeah definitely my least favorite out of them the swan is definitely my favorite I, I like that one quite a bit Mm. The Swan is also my favorite thing. I yeah. Swan Train, I, get it? Train, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, yeah, I think the wonderful <laughs> story of Henry Sugar might be my least favorite. You know, I, I, I'm not a huge fan of it, but I do like it more than Ratcatcher and Poison. Fair enough. I would definitely mm. watch more of these though if he were to do it again. Oh yeah, yeah like he should he should do the other. I think there's Bring like all on. three other stories in the like collection mm-hmm. that these ones come from. Whatever he wants to do, bring it on. I'm ready for them. Mm-hmm. All right, you want to move on to our movie recommendation for the week? Yes. Oh boy. All right. So, it was my recommendation. I got to recommend 2014's Interstellar by Christopher Nolan, a movie that I have a weird relationship with, and I wanted to hear your guys' opinion on it. So, mm-hmm. without further ado, what did you feel about Interstellar? Uh, I like it. I don't love it. What? That I is not it. at all what I thought you were going to say. I am so shocked no, right now. I know. I don't, I don't love it. Going back oh and rewatching God. it, I don't love it, but I like it. I don't think he's made a bad movie. It's just this one was Tenet. a little. I love Tenet. <laughs> Tenet yes. was awesome. Tenet was awesome. Damn. Let's I, go. I, was, I think Tenet's his worst movie. I'm sorry. I don't like Tenet. Worser than The Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. No way. Oh my yeah. God. And I. Uh, think this one is right in the middle i don't know i've always had a weird relationship with this movie because people Mm -hmm. love it and they think it is an absolute masterpiece and i have never agreed and i think it's 2001 
yeah. for the modern. Which and I it do really, not really tries to be. Trust me, it yeah. really tries. <laughs> and, yeah, and you can tell it within the first act when they first go up to space. You can 100% tell. And spoilers for Interstellar, by the way, for our conversation that we're going to have here. But um, yeah. I just, I really, I can't get behind it. I've tried so many times to like this movie, and I really don't like it. There are moments in it that I think are excellent, but moments. Mm. And I think every other scene of getting to those moments has so many issues. And I just, I don't know. I, I really don't dig it. And this, and this does not happen to me like ever, but on my rewatch of watching this movie, I fell asleep and I had to rewind it. I have, that does not happen to me. Ever. And I this fell asleep so for long. an hour. I had to rewind it. <laughs> yeah. 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 This movie could easily be like an hour shorter, I feel oh, like. Oh, yes. God, yes. I agree. But that's again, I, and I've mentioned this before on this podcast. I don't like Christopher Nolan. I, I really don't. And this is just another example to me of him being just like super pompous and just being like, Hey, I'm Christopher Nolan. So I can make this movie three hours and I know you'll all watch it. And I know you'll all fanboy over it because you love me. And I, <laughs> I just, there's definitely I, an arrogance with the interstellar and there's an arrogance with Nolan, especially after, you know, his success with the dark Knight and inception. Mm-hmm. There's definitely, there's definitely that, you know, pretentious, attitude of his going on yes and i've also said this before but i don't know where... I... go ahead i i love nolan i think he's one of the best directors working right now i think he's a great director and i think mm. he's a great ideas man but i think he needs mm. somebody else at the helm to take over the writing for him i think when he's in charge of the writing it's all going to go downhill but when it's someone else and he just tells them what he wants but he needs help getting there because when his ideas are fully on that screen like the ship spinning scene arguably the best scene in the movie like the him yelling for his daughter through the shelves at the end also up there like the videotapes yeah. of the time aging and Matthew McConaughey's performance like I was just about to say that, ideas yeah. but the writing to get to that point is not there I when I, so this is I, this is a rewatch for me. I have mm-hmm. seen Interstellar before, and the first I I'm also kind of in the middle on it. I've I've always kind of been in the middle on it since. Damn, this is kind of sad because I was hoping you guys would. Both I be know. Like, oh, I love it. I <laughs> I was like betting on Cody to be the guy who like loves. Yeah, I, I'm interested to hear what he has to say. But I was hoping you guys were on the Interstellar hype train because I really wanted to, to hear. Your opinions. I'm on the tenant hype train and the Oppenheimer mm-hmm. hype train. I am on Oppenheimer, the Oppenheimer. I get always. And tenant, tenant. I'm tenant. I do tenet think is <laughs> remarkable. And uh, and like it, it does have all the. It has these great moments, like you're saying. I I also just think it's kind of like for a sci-fi movie. It's a little bare. In terms yeah. of creativity, yeah. Mm. Which and I feel I, like all this, all the scenes he tries to be epic, 
are mm-hmm. pretty underwhelming in Interstellar. But the spinning scene, I think, was incredible. Yeah. That is an epic yes. scene. Yes. The spinning and, is But again, is awesome. all of this is accompanied by arguably Ideas. Uh, one of the best film scores of the last 20 years. And, and I agree. It, it is excellent. And what Hans Zimmer has done with this will stand the test of time. It is a incredible film score. And I, I mean, can't help but we're talking about the film score. Yes. So. And, and it's even like incorporated itself in meme culture. Like everyone knows it. You hear it and they go, oh, it's the Interstellar score. Someone plays piano. Just oh, can like, you play the field chase from Interstellar? Like everyone knows it. But it's like uh, Inception. Yes, but I can't help but feel that that score does a lot of the heavy lifting in this movie, especially in my least favorite section of this film. Another film in the cinematic universe of where Matt Damon just appears at the end of the movie for no reason. And I I really don't like that scene. The the whole Matt Damon thing, I don't dig at all. <laughs> yeah, I didn't like I didn't like when Matt Damon came in. I love Matt Damon. I think he's a great actor, but yeah. his his story and his character was brought the movie really down for me. Yes, but it does. It leads to the spinning scene and the spinning scene, I think is the highlight of the movie. And, and I also the, like the scene, the score, Matthew McConaughey. Oh, so good. I also like the scene where Matthew McConaughey drops into the black hole. I thought that was really effective and really yes. scary. Yes. And I, I, as well as the incredible score, you can't help but mention how stunning the visuals in this film are. They are. Oh, that's be- beautiful near, looking movie. What? They're near beautiful. They, yes, beautiful looking movie. Everything on a technical level in this movie is there, except the sound mixing. I and but I've always had that issue with every single Christopher Nolan movie. So um, loud. It is so it's loud. So loud. And you so can't low. Hear the dialogue. When any, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and again, yeah. Yeah. it just it 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 can help me feel. But he's just. Nolan being Nolan. He's just like, look how epic and cool this is. It's so bombastic and big, and I shot it on IMAX. It's so loud and cool. And then when it comes to the dialogue, it's so low, and I also kind of think it's so low, and you can't really understand a lot of it, because it's not good dialogue. (laughs) There are many, many roll-your-eyes moments in this movie when people are speaking. A lot of them. Mm. And I hate the word gravity in this movie. It is so annoying. Like, I, did, I don't know. I, I take a shot every time they say gravity in this movie. And, and I hate how it's used as a plot device. It, it's, it's, yeah. it, why did that happen? Oh, because the gravity. Well, why, why did you, uh, why do you miss me? And why do you love me? Because gravity told me to. Like, ah, <laughs> stop saying that. I don't mm. like it. <laughs> mm. I, I do, I, I like, I, my main problem with this movie kind of is like the whole linchpin that like love connects everyone and And everything. And gravity. Uh, Yeah, right. And gravity. They they say in the movie, the phrase love and gravity. (laughs) Love and gravity. Like, like they're the same force. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I can like. I I this when I watched it this time I felt like I really understood why he made it like that and I really think it was because like to um and like to an American audience like what's the one like thing that all Americans love what are all our pop songs about love right yeah I was so trying I think to think of something he, funny and I couldn't think of it 
<laughs> Cock and ball torture. All of, yeah, all of our songs yeah. over here in the USA. No. Uh, <laughs> I was trying real hard. I was like, oh, I gotta think of something. I gotta think of something. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, and, and I think, like, because he decided to just, like, fully commit to, like, just doing this love and gravity thing, mm. it, 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 it makes the movie come across a little shallow. Yes, it, it's a In good way. idea, but he mm. needs someone else to do it. He can't write it. And it just he uses it as a plot device and just an excuse. I don't like it. Yeah, he it, and like he it just he he didn't like trust the audience to like because I feel like he's trying to comment on a lot of stuff. Oh. Like, like I mean, the, the world Sorry. is ending in this movie, right? <laughs> You're good. Yeah. But, you know, the world's ending in this movie. And there's like this, you know, there's this constant battle in the movie between like, actually, it's not a constant battle. His son just kind of decides to be a farmer. Mm. And, and like, he's like, no, we need like, like the movie's point is that we can't escape. We have to save the earth, right? Yeah. And and so like that's one thing he's trying to and then all the love stuff. And then the, I honestly love like Matt Day I kinda love Matt Damon's character and like all like the, how he like just lied. I'm like Matt he's supposed Damon. to be this Hello. like Jesus Christ like figure that's gonna save everyone mm-hmm. by because he's like the head of the missions and everything. But, you know, because it all comes back to this, like, love and gravity thing, you know, like, there's not a one-size-fits-all answer ever. (laughs) Yeah, like, there's not a one-size-fits-all, you know, for all this stuff. You're you're gonna, he would need to bring in other elements, other things that he's building up as much as the love and gravity Mm -hmm. thing. Oh god. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same boat with you guys, but again, I didn't rewatch it in preparation for this, which I should have done, but from blasphemous. I, I know. HD. But it's not one of my favorites. I I, I was yeah. so hoping Beautiful. this time that this would be the moment where I sat down and I watched it and it all clicked and I went, "Wow, I really understand this. This is a masterpiece." And instead I fell asleep. So <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of have that moment in that I was, I like, once I like realized the whole love thing and like how that's like such a bottleneck for him, it really, it can it made me able to enjoy the rest of the movie. Like a little like resting kind of like enjoyment. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, but not like for the, I shouldn't say like for the rest of the movie, but you know, it, that's the feeling it left me with. Like right. just a little bit, just like, it was good. And like, I can see that he's trying to like, he wanted to bring some of these like heady ideas to like, I think he like wanted to bring them to like a large audience. Right. And that's why he tries to like simplify it. And, and I, and it did work though with a lot, for a lot of people, didn't it? Like oh, yeah, this I know kind people, of strategy did of people. This work is one of the highest him. rated movies ever. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know a good friend of mine who's probably the biggest Nolan fan loves this movie to death. He's seen it like five times in theaters. Mm-hmm. 
and that's exactly like, perfectly it's, fine. That's, it's, it's sad, it's like great. I get it, but like I also all the reviews are always like, "Oh man, I need a good tr- cry tonight." I'm watching Interstellar. Like, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, this. I think Nolan has a. Has he definitely has his fan base, and they definitely take oh, things a little. Man's has everyone on his side. Oh my god! Yeah. Studios give this man infinite budgets and uh, let him make four-hour movies when they don't need to be because his name is attached to it, and they know that no matter what, even the most generic audience will sit in that theater and see the name Christopher Nolan and go, "Oh, I know who that is. I'll go watch that." The guy made the Dark Knight. He gets anything he wants, and he makes anything he wants. Yeah. And I would be remiss not to mention Matthew McConaughey's performance in this movie too, because it is quite oh, quite. He great. does. He does. He's really fantastic. Good. He really, yeah. Mm-hmm. That it that was what stood out to me like the most this time. Like I did not notice that last time, but this time I was like, Matthew McConaughey's. He's really given it. Yeah, he killed it. And <laughs> I is. saw something really cool, and I I don't remember who i showed this to i got a tiktok the day before i watched this where that scene mm-hmm. where he's watching the tapes that was the first mm-hmm. take and the only take they ever did <laughs> they didn't need anything else that yeah. part, that <laughs> but that you know okay that's probably the probably the most annoying thing about this movie is how many like fun facts there are about it though yeah <laughs> one yeah. of the most Didn't annoying have to, things like build a new like vfx system in order to make the wormhole scene Oh yeah, like all the special effects of this movie is like crazy. It works. It's really good. (laughs) Like it's like Avatar type. But even like there's a story that's brought up. I feel like I feel like way too much. Like I used to hear it all the time about the corn. How he plant? He planted the corn. Oh yeah, he planted hundreds of acres of corn. Corn, (laughs) and then he and he turned a profit. Even he he harvested it and like even turned a profit for the movie studio. Yeah. Which like is fun, but like that's a story everyone should have let Christopher Nolan tell tell at cocktail parties for the rest of his he life. Not has right. to let everybody know. Not he the needs top to be post the on. Yeah. Not not the top post on like r slash movie details. Or he is an undeniably <laughs> talented individual, but he needs to be put in check. I don't mm-hmm. know. He's he's getting everyone's convenient with him. They're letting him. They, he needs restrictions. Yes. Mm. I mean, he's not David well, Gordon level green levels of restrictions needed, you know. But he's 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 starting well, there. Again, I love David Gordon Green, but he needs to stop writing these big budget IPs. Mm-hmm. He the writing is definitely his main problem. Yeah. Mm. But so yeah, I've this, never liked Timothy Chalamet, and I think he's really bad in this. Just throw that out there. I, just, I don't like. He, I didn't remember him <laughs> when he showed up. I was like, "Oh, you're in this yeah. movie." Well, Alyssa oh. said that yeah, too. Same, we were watching. She's like, "Is that same. Willy Wonka?" I was like, "Yeah, it is." Yep, same. <laughs> I don't like him at all. I think is that he's the guy one that had most... sex with the peach. <laughs> yeah. I think he's an incredibly boring actor. Yep, I've. All... I've only seen him in this and Dune, so. And you Dune, cast Dune him as Willy Wonka? Uh... Well, because it's funny. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> Willy Wonka. Out of your mind. That reverse I, it. it I, don't, I also I, don't think it Interstellar has helped because it is such a 
like e- the family setup too, you know, yeah, is very standard, well tread thing. Like I, it, I really like this movie. It Nolan wanted, like, obviously wanted to like connect with people, and so he, he, I think he dumbed himself down. And I think, uh, if even though this this is the movie he did right after Dark Knight Rises, but what do you mean? Yeah, and that movie's pretty down. dumb. Like, what do you mean? Because well, I, I think he's. I guess I actually I haven't seen any movies before the Batman trilogy, so I don't know how his early. But I just feel like he he dumbed the ideas that he had down for that he had for this movie. I disagree because the too, entire marketing too, of this movie is I'm Christopher Nolan. Look how smart and cool and original I am. Look what I made, and everyone's obsessed with it. Mm. He is so proud of the ideas that he has in this movie, and you can tell it in the writing with how many times he says love and gravity. He is so proud of it. I think he really thought he made 2001, and he did not. No. I think a lot of people think he made 2001, mm-hmm. which I don't agree with at, at all. No, but there are moments, fragments in this movie that are 10 out of 10, 2001 level. Like the moments, like f- 10 mm-hmm. minutes altogether. And I just mm-hmm. wish that, uh, you know, I, just, I wish it was just written better. I, you know, I don't know. And also, and he, Michael Caine was himself. awesome as well, and poor man has retired from acting. I mean, not poor man, but he, uh, you know, I just, I just, I, it was really cool to see him after hearing that he retired from acting because he is leaving a legacy behind, and I just thought that was cool. I just want to throw that out there. The man is, uh, man is 90. He's earned his retirement. Yes. Man's oh, had yeah. a telepathic relationship with a shark and exploded in a helicopter, so he deserves it. He's fine. Yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> God. Masterpiece. Who thought it was good to have a shark roar like a T-Rex? <laughs> Me. Jaws 4, right. And the shark, the sh- it's called Jaws the Revenge, and it's all about how a shark travels to Amityville to exact revenge. It's a masterpiece. What are you talking about? I can't... <laughs> It's so stupid. No, it's perfect. It's so stupid. It is so stupid. But I watch it just for solely because of how stupid it is. Yeah. I was hoping this was the time, man. I was hoping it all clicked, but yeah. I, I think I've just confirmed that I, I just don't like this movie. I think it is the most mixed bag of a movie I've ever experienced. Some of it is great, and some of it is just... <laughs> Not. <laughs> mm. It really is. Yeah, I would. I agree. I definitely uh, don't rank it as as on my list of highest Christopher Nolan movies. Mm-hmm. I'm going right uh, down the middle, and I'm keeping it at a five out of ten. It is just. I'm gonna give it yeah. six. Six. Mm-hmm. I'm. I'm also gonna give it a six. I feel bad because this, like, just I want to give time, it a six, but then I think about so many things and I'm just like, no, I can't. I can't do it. Yeah. I'm gonna give it a six this one time. I've kept it at five for years. Mm. But just because like I find I kinda like figured out what like I have a little empathy for what Nolan was tr- like I, I have empathy for one to like reach that large audience with like with ideas like this. Too. We kinda need it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and you know, and, and like the political ideas and like commentaries and I like the personal too. stuff and yeah, I you know I I I can I see what he's going for, but I I do think he really just simplified it and like dumbed mm. it down and made it a little too concrete. You know, mm. it's it's just too it's he he thinks it's airtight, but it's it's totally not. You know, it's mm. very porous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah. yeah. Oh, boy. Hey, we have questions. Let's answer some questions. Let's do it. So let's pull up some questions. Okay, this comes from James. He asks, What is a perfect movie in your eyes, and what genre is it, and who directed it? Interstellar. 2014, directed by Christopher Nolan. I also liked it. I really liked it when I saw it. Can I think that was. Me? I think oh, that was my favorite movie of 2020. Uh, I I got kicked. I'm so sorry. Did you guys oh. hear the question and everything? No, I. Oh, no. Did, you, did you move into questions? Even? Yeah, I oh, did. God. Okay, <laughs> we're we're sorry. just talking right over you. <laughs> no, it's okay. Sorry. I, I got sorry. kicked. No, it's fine. All right, so let's do All some right. questions. Could we have some questions? Um, this comes from James. He asks, let me go back in there. What's a perfect movie in your eyes? What genre is it? And who directed it? Interstellar perfect 2014, movie. Christopher Nolan. Perfect. That's my answer. <laughs> a perfect movie, yeah. Uh, like technical wise or just a movie I think is perfect for me? Uh, answer it however you want. Everything I, that's what the question was asked. <laughs> I have an okay. answer if you want me to go. Okay. I think yeah, go. if you're talking in overall cinema and the things that make, you know, movies good, according to majority of people, I think mm -hmm. the best movie ever made is 1985's Come and See by Elam Kimov. It's a Russian film. Um, it is an absolute masterpiece, and I don't think there will be a better movie. I think it is quite perfect. Interesting. Yes. Watch that if you perfect. have not watched that. <laughs> Is it streaming on anywhere? Or do I have to rent uh, it? It's for free on YouTube. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But even, even on okay. Letterboxd, it's the second highest rated movie on the platform. It's a masterpiece. <laughs> really? Yeah, it has a 4.7 out of 5 on there. And the only other per movie that has that is the number one ranked, which is um, Hay Hay Hayakiri? Whatever it is, the Japanese. Akira? Oh. No, uh, ha uh, Harakiri. Something like that. Um, it's a fifties Japanese. I, think, film. I know. Yeah, I think I know. A, it's like a white poster, red text. Yes, yes. On it, yeah. Uh, the most uh, perfect movie. Uh, 
I'm probably going to say Michael Mann's Heat. Hmm. That's a that, good pick. I've watched that movie <sighs> countless times. I know every line. It's long, but it's paced beautifully. The dialogue is gorgeous. Michael Mann's cinematography is stunning. I mean, there's no, there's no other movie that looks like Heat. And it's just a perfect crime drama movie. And fun fact, that was supposed to be a TV show, which they shot oh. for a movie, L.A. Takedown. And then Michael Mann decided to remake it because he can add more depth to the characters, which he did. And they, yeah, I'm going with Heat. That He's a good pick. I think I'll go. We just talked about it. But I'm going to go with Stop Making Sense. Oh, okay. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> what did you think I was going to say? Interstellar or something. <laughs> or, te- or, te- or Tenant. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Stop Making Sense is, is is a perfect concert film. But do you have an option for like a like a story-based like movie? M- me? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can. Yeah, I love. But sorry, I got someone came in and. Talk to me there for a second. Um, it's okay. Yes. Um, and, um, let me think. I, I can't think. I can't think Pulp Fiction almost. Mm. A, I, I think it, it is a perfect movie. I think mm-hmm. there are things that you, that people could dislike and certainly find abrasive. Mm-hmm. You know, like, a. That, you want know, to shoot Marvin's head off? Like I can see, pe- I can see why you know people take issue with with that. That movie created a but, genre on its own. Fiction is like, a, it's you know, it's really tight. It's it's quick. I, it's just it, it is a film one of the that I consider perfect. Best. That might not be perfect, but I think Spike Jones horror is perfect in my own opinion. You know, I, mm. I watched that for the first time about a year ago mm-hmm. and it's crazy how emotional I got by the end of it. Yeah. I was not expecting to be almost in tears from that movie, but that movie, and I don't cry during movies, but that movie almost made me cry. Yeah, me too. That, that was a good ass movie. It's it's a perfect movie to me. Might not be to everyone mm. else, but mm. I, I think it's great. So. Yeah, yeah. That movie is that, that, that's, yeah. <laughs> I I do also have to shout out my favorite movie, Do the Right Thing. I think it is kind of like a perfect movie. It just, mm. It's so good. It's just a slice of life movie, and it does it perfectly. It handles slice everything. Of racism. Slice. <laughs> 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 I'll probably say Evil Dead 2 is a perfect movie. Ooh, a nice I almost I almost said that. I almost shouted out Evil Dead 2. That's literally just... my all-time favorite Sam Raimi movie and my favorite Evil Dead movie because it takes it up to a 15 from the first movie. The first movie was a 10, Evil Dead 2 was a 15 or a 20. It's just completely bad shit. And I know everyone loves Army of Darkness. That's that's their favorite one. And Army of Darkness is great. Well, because it's I, the biggest meme. But if you're judging yes, yes, quality, exactly, then yes. it's two. Yeah. But I really prefer Evil Dead 2. I just think that movie is absolutely wild. I mean, the amount of Evil Dead stuff that's around me right now, I can't even explain to you. <laughs> like, I, just in my vicinity, I can touch about six Evil Dead-related objects. Mm-hmm. By the way... 
I don't mean to. Can we only do one more question? Yes, that is perfectly fine. Okay. I, have, I have to go soon, too. We'll do one more. Yeah, I mean, um, also, Russo, if at yeah. any point you want to shout out your sister's book, feel free. Oh, yeah. Can I do that now? Um, do it at the end when we're wrapping up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But make sure you mention that. I want to make sure that gets through. Um, yeah, that's cool. Let's see. I'm trying to think of the last question. Okay, this comes from Alex, and I think this would be interesting to discuss because Russo is here. Um, he asks, and this is the other cook, Alex, by the way. <laughs> he asks, do you think we'll ever see a Marvel and DC crossover movie? If so, what do you think that would look like? I don't think that's ever going to happen. Personally. No, I don't think it's going to happen either. No. I don't I, think If it was going to happen, Disney would have to be in real dire straits. They're yeah, too... they, that would have to be their last resort yeah. to, make, to make billions of dollars. I, I don't see that happening. They're too, like, up their own ass as companies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, yeah. They wouldn't, they wouldn't yeah, let yeah, that happen. DC. <laughs> no. I think if it was going to... What it would look like, though... Is at least in like right now, if it imagine was made, what that poster probably. Would look like. Oh my lord! <laughs> oh my! Imagine all the heads. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh my, all the a million heads. little. You know, it, the, it'd actually be pretty cool. Our cows. Actually, it would actually be pretty cool if they if they just layered like all the heads like as a giant like wallpaper. Behind. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but they would never do that. It'd be like no, they would never do that ever. I went through my DVD collection the other day. I was sorting it, and I looked at the cover of Avengers Endgame. Not Endgame. Yeah. Infinity War. That is like <laughs> the ugliest poster ever. It is no so convoluted. From, it's no different from the Avengers Age of Ultron poster. No different yeah. from the Ant-Man poster. They're all standing in a pose and they don't have their cowl or masses on. And that's what always infuriated me about, about the Marvel movies. It's, well, yeah, you have to see the the posters, it's so annoying. The, the, the posters don't determine the quality of the movie. Yes. But no, there's some bad posters out there, man. There are some really bad posters. You ever see there the um the X-Men Days of Future Past ones? Yes. Oh no, sorry, X-Men's First Class. Is that the one? No, whichever one it is, where there's the silhouettes of the old version of them and their faces in the middle. It's so funny. The one with um Charles Xavier in the wheelchair is so good. <laughs> Yeah, there was just some really, really sketchy ass posters they put out. Yeah, yeah, but like, and I hate the Marvel posters. I hate them. The only good ones are the first ones, like all, like the I like the Iron Man one, being the mask, and <laughs> I just sent you guys a poster. That's like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yes. yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. That was a great poster. <laughs> uh, so cool. Oh, God. Oh, God. No, stop. I love it. But yeah, I actually, I, I don't, I can't imagine that happening right now, at least. No. Yeah. I, do you I think, agree. like, I mean, the superhero genre is dying so quickly. Do you think maybe 10 years from now, like, it might be a last resort where they have to do something like that? But I just don't way, think the studios it, would do it. If Deadpool 3 fails, if their new planned Spider-Man trilogy with Tom Holland failed, if the X-Men fail, probably. And if Fantastic Four fails, 
they're screwed. I mean, Fantastic Four is literally what's going to make or break them right now. I mm-hmm. I do you know anybody that is excited for that movie? I don't know I, one person. I mean, maybe you. I love the Fantastic <laughs> Four. I want to see them brought back and uh, done justice. Do you know anyone uh, that saw John Krasinski's? Uh, what was his name? What's his name? Mister Reed Richards or whatever? No, that's. Am I right? Uh oh, he's not going to be in. He's not going to be in the Fantastic Four movie. Wait, he was really? just Mr. So, Fantastic for, for that, uh, for Dr. Just so Strange. the audience can go, oh, the office guy. Yeah, yeah. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. But literally, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So who's playing him? We don't know. Oh, they're my not. They're God. probably not casting until this actor strike is over. That's so stupid. I didn't know they did I know, that. I know, I know. <laughs> but Lord. I don't know. But I think if Fantastic Four and X-Men wind up failing, I think... Yeah, I think Marvel, the MCU is in big, big, big trouble. I mean, X-Men has always been there, and I think it yeah. always will be there. But I, mean, I don't yeah. know many people that are, like, attached to it. I mean, most people are attached to the MCU storyline and everything. Mm-hmm. You bring up, yeah. like, any X-Men characters other than Wolverine, people are just like, who? Like, yeah. no one's really, like, super attached to it. So I don't think... You keep saying they might fall back on that, but I don't think that is something for them to fall back on it's kind of destined to fail no matter what dark Phoenix was one of the biggest box office bombs of the last decade <laughs> true true they got a lot of things against them especially now but only time will tell i mean who knows what they have planned i just hope we get all of like the canceled superheroes in one avengers lineup we get ezra miller just as as the, oh god the like iron man of this new universe being oh incredible. stop no i love no. it I, I want more ezra miller flash i love it <laughs> it's great content <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go with a probable no on yeah a dc marvel movie yeah they'll probably have like john favreau direct it Mm. Oh yeah, uh, get in here, big guy. Come on, you're, you're our, you're our. We shot the entire movie one. in uh, VR and that that uh, Mandalorian soundstage, and you've never seen anything like this before. It's it's stunning. <laughs> the whole movie will just be completely CGI, and it'll it'll be under the animation category. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, modern Hollywood. I can't wait for the movies that are coming out in the next few months, though. That's all the good stuff's mm. finally coming out. This year, to me, has been a pretty bad year for movies. And I'm excited because all the goodies are starting. But we'll see. We're going to talk about one of them next week. We're going to talk about Scorsese's Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Uh, we will also be talking about Five Nights at Freddy's because we have to because the memes. But <laughs> But um, but since Cody is not here, he did send me his recommendation for next week. So next week, we will be talking about, and I'm going to butcher this name, but the film is called Cure by Kiyoshi Kurosawa, <gasps> which is a film that has been on my watch list for a long time. So I'm very happy he recommended it. But that is his recommendation for our Halloween episode next week. So try and watch it by then. And um, we will talk about it next time. Send us more questions. We love it. Thank you very much. Yeah. Russo, thank you for 
coming on here. We were very happy to have you. Is there anything that you want to, you know, get out there? Because you can say it before we wrap up. My sister, if you're interested and if you like reading, has a book. It's a horror book called Undergo. You can get it on Amazon. And this is her second book. And yeah, she's a great, great, great writer. And she's very passionate about what she does. She puts her heart and soul into every word. And she deserves the success that I know is going to come from it. Very nice. And your podcast, whenever you have a name, whenever you have a page, please let us know and we will post it and let our audience know because we're looking forward to it. And I'm sure they are, too. So let us know. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Yes. Yeah. Fun. Thanks for coming. Thank on you. Here. It's been awesome. Of course. Yep. Anytime. All right. Goodbye, Let's audience. Don't forget, Peace love now. and gravity. Enjoy. Love and gravity. Love and gravity. Oh, yeah. Body in the blood. Body in the blood, baby. Love and gravity or body of the blood. Yep. The Tag blood. yourself. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Peace. Goodbye.